So this morning, I'm going to be reading out of John chapter 6, 1 through 15. It's a familiar story. I had the opportunity this week to ask a friend of mine, tell me the story about the feeding of the 5,000 and off it went. And I promised this person grew up in church and didn't even come close. So I hope you will listen to how this story unfolds. You may remember hearing it as a child. And that's your memory of it. It's a little bit uh, out of order. So starting with verse 1, John chapter 6. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous sign that he had performed on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a body. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here was a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those, to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Pray with me, please. Father, your word is powerful, and today may we hear that word. May we hear it come to us as a congregation that's gathered here and as individuals who come in need of hearing what you have to say to us. So we ask that you bless this time right now, that you speak through this servant, and that your words are clear to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's always good for me when I look at scripture like this to see who are the people that are there. Who are the characters in this drama? There's the crowd. There's the twelves. There's the little boy. It doesn't say little, but it doesn't. And there's Jesus. First, let's look at the crowd and see what they, what they have to do. Matthew, uh, by the way, this is in all four Gospels. Sometimes you don't see that. Sometimes you only see it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But this one's in all four Gospels. Matthew tells us that there was a large crowd that had followed Jesus on foot to where he was. Jesus took compassion on those people and he healed their sick. Mark states that Jesus looked upon them as sheep without a shepherd. I thought it was interesting that we read about that just a moment ago, that Jesus looks on us 
and finds us a nice place to, to settle down. Luke tells us that when Jesus saw the crowd, he began healing those who needed to be healed. John's account simply says that the crowd followed Jesus. He and the disciples had gotten in a boat, and the people saw them and followed them, got there before they did to the place that they were to stop. And they followed him because of the miraculous things he had done. This person could do miracles, and they followed him to see what was going to come next. So it's good for us to consider the crowd first. The people came to Jesus because they were attracted by what he did and what he said. It's important for us who are followers of Jesus to remember that he is a Savior who attracts people to him because of who he is. We're here today to be reminded that's, that's why we're here. We're told in the scriptures that there were 5,000 men that day. That is the way they counted in those days and we don't need to change them. But I want you to understand that if there's 5,000 men, what about the women and children? And what does that add up to? What does that crowd go to if you add those? That's a lot of people. So keep that in mind as the story unfolds that there were a lot more than 5,000. That crowd brought with them all the joys and sorrows of each of their lives. Each one of them has a story just like you do. I find if I stand still long enough, most of you are going to tell me a whole lot about yourself. You have a story and you want to tell them. That's the way we are. That crowd that day was no different than those of us who were sitting in this room today. They did not leave their experiences behind when they came to Jesus, just like we did not leave ours at the front door. Most of us in this room have seen a lot of life. We got a little wear on on the trail, don't we? There have been highs and lows in our days, good days, bad days. There have been joys and there have been sorrows. For most of us that have lived this long, there have been loss and grief. So I think of us in this room today, I think that most of us have lost quite a bit in our lives. But we also have gained so much. We can be thankful that we've made it this far in life. A lot of our friends have not. Today we're in the crowd. We are listening to Jesus. And we've come hoping that He will heal us. And that He will say a word to us about the kingdom of heaven. That we can learn to live like He wants us to live. It might be good for us to consider how Jesus might have looked at that crowd and what He saw at that. The Gospels tell us that He healed those who need to be healed. He taught about the kingdom of heaven. And he had compassion on them. He had great feeling for the people that he looked at. Jesus did not look just particularly at a crowd. He saw them one at a time. So as we're here today, we're kind of a crowd. At least, what is it, three is a crowd? We've got at least that many. So we've got a crowd today. So as you sit in your chair, you're the one that came to hear about Jesus. You didn't come to be a crowd. You came to be you. You brought your life story. You brought all the things that have happened to you. And here they are in one with you. You did not leave your story at home. 
You did not leave all the baggage right over here. So today, you come to have this one-on-one -on -one experience with Jesus, and I hope that's exactly what you do. Because I'm trying to learn as I look at you, I don't see you just as this bunch of people sitting down here, but I see you one at a time. That what I say is going to be translated to what you need to hear. Then there's the twelve. Let's talk about those for a little bit. They're called apostles. That was the first inner circle of Jesus right there. And they were there with Jesus that day. When they looked up and saw this 5,000 plus people, all they saw was a prayer. It was just a bunch of people. And I, as I read all of the accounts, it seems that the 12 were a bit frustrated with what to do with these people. The first thing they told Jesus was, how about if you get all these people to leave and go to the villages and countryside so they can find a place to stay and they can get something to eat? Their answer, please get rid of these people. Get off my lawn. So that was about all the compassion they had for these people. We're not the twelve. But imagine, if you will, that we are put in the same situation. Present comes this large group of people, and we're told to feed them. There they are. The twelve only saw obstacles. How is it as a church? When something presents itself to us that is large and overwhelming, what do we see? Do we see opportunity? Or do we see just the obstacles? So the first answer they had was as they looked at the ground, this is going to cost us eight months of wages. Maybe we know the one who said that, who happened to hold the purse. But when Jesus tells the twelve there to feed the people, they look at what they have. The loaves and the fish, and they look at the crowd, they look back, they look at the crowd, and they don't have much. So many and so little. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they report that they have five loaves and two fish. It's only in John, and that's why I chose to read John today, that's the little boy that He's the one that presents the offering. Uh, sometimes when I read a scripture like this, my imagination runs away with me. And this was one of them. I see the twelve all lined up with their hands up. Jesus comes and distributes the loaves and the fishes. They look at their hands. They look at each other. They look at the crowd and they think, can't be done. This cannot be done. The game's over. We've lost. But Jesus says in the four gospels that all people had sat down and one he says sit in groups of fifty and there was a lot of grass and they all sat down. All these people. So I asked myself, how do you divide five loaves by twelve? And you get the calculator out. 0.4 pieces of bread per apostle. Not much, right? So how do you divide, divide two fish among 12? My greatest laugh this week was doodling a little bit about what people say about the fish. And one guy says, had to be two flavors. <laughs> no, it didn't. 
Some people say the fish was about this big. That's a fisherman's story, the gas fish. I understand it's about this long. Sardine size. So how many, how can you divide those two fish by 12? 0.16 fish each one got. So go with them with your imagination. It's like, this is what we've got. And there's got to be, what, 15,000 people here? You know that's what they're doing. So we who follow Jesus are a lot like that 12 today. We see a challenge Jesus has presented, presented to us and we think small. The one who created the universe holds it together and does not think small. We're the ones that keep him there. I'm going to repeat it again. We're the ones that keep him there. The twelve may have heard Jesus say go. It's not in the scripture, but you know at some point that command was and off they go holding these little tiny pieces in their hand. But like so many times in the scriptures, a miracle happens when we really hear. I want you to hear that in real life. Sometimes the miracle happens when we in faith begin to go. Things start to happen. As the twelve went to their groups of fifty, and in this little tiny handful, they begin to do this and pass it out to the people there. And they look, and there's more. And there's more. And there's more. So don't you know they were embarrassed when they first started? But how the faces must have changed as they put the fish and the loaves in the hands of the people. I can only say what Jesus does. It's, it's my imagination that they're doing this thing handing to the people and they look back at him and he's just going, yeah, totally. Totally. Gospels tell us that, that everyone there that day Ate until they were satisfied. When's the last time you ate until you were satisfied? Most of us go past that point. <laughs> and there was plenty because these people were hungry, but there was enough. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus instructed those 12 men to go back and gather the leftovers. They filled 12. Imagine that number. 12. Baskets of leftovers. Some people say that these baskets are small, like our often baskets. Others have said, no, it's the size of a laundry hamper. You know those things. This big. So you can decide for yourself which it might be. It doesn't matter. Because when they started out with five loaves and two fish, they now have 12 baskets of leftovers. And if I knew how to say in Aramaic, wow, I think that's what we see it. So sometimes that's what happens when Jesus does a miracle in our lives. We have to say in Greek, or Hebrew, or Aramaic, or Texan, wow. Thank you. So I come to the little boy. Like I said, only in the Gospel of John we find this little boy with those five loaves of fish. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the twelve were important. 
that they found these loaves and fish. But John gives us more. He tells us what they have to do. I was reminded this week that some wise mother sent a snack with her son. Apparently, he's the only one in the crowd that brought him. And they're a long way from home because they keep saying it's a remote place. When it came to eat, that boy gave up his food. Not knowing what was going to happen. He handed what little he had to that man named Jesus that he kept watching the miracles and teaching. Little did he know that he would be part of that miracle that day. So I say, how glad that. How trusted. And can we be that little boy? Last we come to Jesus, I remind you that every story in the gospel is about Jesus. This one is. The feeding of the 5,000 is no different. Jesus had sent the 12 out on a mission trip before this. And while they were gone, he finds out that his cousin John the Baptist has been beheaded. He is in grief. And in his grief that he experienced, the 12 come back and are just so excited about what happened on the mission trip. All these great things. And in, in his grief, he sat quietly and rejoiced with them. So the 12 come back, he listens, and then the crowds find Jesus. No matter how it looks in any of the four gospels, the crowd always finds Jesus. The gospel reports he had compassion on, had great feeling for those people. And as I said, he didn't see them as a crowd, he saw them as one by one individuals. He taught them and he healed them. And ladies and gentlemen, he still does. He still does. Jesus did not see the curve in their needs as the cross saw them. He knew what was about to happen. He turned and asked Philip in the story of John where they could buy food. But it was just a test. And maybe he tests us with the same kind of question. For us on the 12, the question is this today. A craft, 12 men, and the question. What do you have? <coughs> what do you have? That was their question, and that's ours. The answer is, of course, we don't have much. Whatever it is, it's too small for the need. We always see our resources small, but Jesus doesn't. Jesus takes the bread and fish, and the first thing he does is pray. Remember that. The first thing he does is pray. This is a signal for us. Don't panic. Pray. Go to the Father. Then pass out the bread and fish and watch what happens. As the miracle So there's a loud message from Jesus for us today at the end of the event. Jesus instructed the twelve to gather up the leftover. He said to them, Let nothing be wasted. So I don't know what he's going to do with it. It's not clear. But the message for us today is if you come today and you feel like a leftover. Let Jesus gather you up and do whatever he needs to do. Because he said, leftovers are not going to be wasted. And on those days that I feel that way, I just say, all right, it's all here. There is good news for us 
who had leftover written back in his Today you've heard the account of the crowd, the twelve, the boy, and the man named Jesus. When we ever see obstacles to the kingdom of heaven, Jesus has already got the answer. When he hands us little, he will make it enough. The little boy gives us real insight today. The question is this, how much does it take to feed 5,000? What's your mention? You think it's five loaves and two fish? No. It's all you have. It's all you have. Jesus will take your offering and satisfy the, the need that people have, including you. Because as that boy gave up his five loaves and two fish, he was part of the crowd and he got fed until he was satisfied. So today, I want you to come to Jesus. I want you to sit in the grass. I want you to be fed and be filled. And then you have to follow Him. Trust Him with every need you have. He will teach. He will heal. He will know everything about you. So just like the twelve, we fall short in our view of Savior. We try to keep Him small and capable. And He said, don't do that. What can you do with the five loaves and two fish? It can feed a crowd. So today I invite you to be ready to see the miracle when you think you don't have enough. And you hand it to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this account of the life of Jesus and what he did and how he is one who can do miracles in us and around us and through us, despite the fact that we see ourselves and what we have so little. Give us the courage to hand whatever it is that we have to Him, that He might heal it, that He might multiply it, that He might use it, and that the Father will be glorified. That is our prayer in the mighty Son's name. Amen.